Got to go to the amazing state of Wisconsin, Scott in Wisco. My beef is these people that can't figure out when you get a voicemail to hang up before the beep. All of a sudden, I got to call in and listen to this message of you fumbling around to try to hang up, bro. Hey, when you get my message, it's because I don't want to talk to you. Hang up and text, brah. Yeah, listen, if there's a message on my phone, it's somebody that I do not know telling me something that I don't give a damn about. Friends don't leave messages to friends. We don't do that anymore. Hell, we don't even talk to each other anymore. We know this. If I see voicemail, I know some idiot got my phone number and are trying to give me something idiotic that I don't want. Here's how your personal greeting will sound. Hey, it's Brian, and I rarely answer cold calls. I never answer phone numbers I don't recognize. You're best off texting me, but if you've made it this far, if you do not leave a message, there is absolutely no chance that I'll call you back. Thanks. Bye. What the hell is that? Stone on Air coming up. Completely unsanctioned by the church. Stone on Air. Whatever, let's just do this. Stone on Air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Give human beings opportunity, and you'll be absolutely shocked with what people do with it. Stone on Air coming up. Stone on Air. All right. Well, how the hell are you on this Thursday, April 28th? Let's see. Getting a late start. Got my notes. Got my show sheet. Braves are losing, as seems to be pretty usual these days. Got my gin and tonic. Got my cell phone. I think I'm ready to go. This is the Stone on Air podcast. My name is Brian. Thank you for being here. The final show of the best month ever. What to do, what to do, what to do, what to do today. I'll speak to that open here in just a second. I actually started working on this show last week. On Thursday of last week. I don't know what it was. There was just a buzz of things I was interested in. Started pulling some audio. Started pulling some music. And then I didn't really do anything with it over the weekend. And then I didn't do anything on Monday and Tuesday. Had some odd, which happens more often these days, anxiety levels that I was not, the vibe wasn't checking, brah. And then on uh, Wednesday, when I left the house to what I usually would take everything I've collected and I would work on it at my day job. And by the time I got done, I'd be ready to record as soon as I got home. And I walked out of the damn door without any of it. So I wasted a whole day, wasn't able to get anything done. And uh, so then I had to work on it tonight. So now it's like 1030 on on Wednesday night. I'm tired. Uh, I don't feel like doing this. And all that energy I had nearly literally a week ago just faded off into the weekend and into the uh, to the work week, the final week of April 2022. But I've got to put together. I think it'll be fine. Plenty of things to talk to. No doubt about that. Uh, That's Jim Rome on the front end, just with one of his callers. He has a call in and complain uh, segment. They call it What's Your Beef? It is uh, sponsored by a a beef jerky company. But I just realized that I hadn't set up my voicemail on my new uh, phone, which is not that new anymore. And I don't hardly ever check voicemail. As a matter of fact, I wish that there was an option that you could just have the voicemail disabled completely. But since it is there, I'm going to at least have a message and a greeting, and it's 
quite literal. I've, I've uh, adjusted it from what it used to be, um, but it's still basically the same gist. Don't call me. Stop calling me. I don't know why you would do this. I don't understand why anybody would pick up the phone and just randomly call somebody. In this day and age, it's rude as hell. Stop doing it. Um, but when I realized that I, my voicemail wasn't set up and I thought this might be the reason that this kept happening, I did one of those dumb things online where I was looking at replacement windows and doors. At this point in time, it was a company called Renewal by Anderson. You've likely heard of them. And um, I don't remember why, but I was just looking at something and I, it said, give your phone number. And I, I knew good and damn well this was a bad idea, but I did it anyway. Because I thought that I might end up doing business with this company anyway. And once I did, they would have my phone number. So why not? This goddamn company has called me. I stopped counting earlier today. And I've gotten two or three more today. And I've even blocked the number. Somehow they're getting around it. They've called me 26 times. 26 times in less than a week. And I thought that they kept calling because they weren't getting the voicemail message. Well, they're still leaving the voicemails. I'm assuming it's some kind of call center where it, a, rob, a robo call happens, and then whichever um, human gets the phone, that's who I talk to next. I, I guess. I don't know. I don't care. There ain't a damn chance in the world I'm ever going to purchase a thing from Renewable, uh, Renew by Anderson. Renewal by Anderson. Screw you, Renewal by Anderson. Stop calling me, you spamming assholes. And so that's, um, I mean, it's just, I don't know how they're getting around. I keep blocking the damn number, and it keeps popping its way through. Um, a few things to get to on the open here. I'll get you three pieces of audio that I've just actually thrown together, a couple extra ones today, uh, earlier calling it the Florida thing, the realist thing, and the I don't know what you call it thing. Get to that at the end of the uh, open segment. And the final two segments of the show, I, I flip-flop which one's going to be which. I'm pretty sure I'm now going with, the second segment of the show is going to be the Twitter, Elon Musk, social media, just overall view, thoughts on that. And then um, the final segment, I'm pretty sure I got this right. I mean, one or the other is happening one way or another, just two and three, uh, two third, last two-thirds of the show. Cable TV versus streaming, cord cutting, and the note that I wrote to myself, careful what you wish for, which is something that I, uh, a little saying I say on a lot of things in life. And I think this is a perfect example of be careful what you wish for. So let's just start off with just the random things I have written to myself here uh, for the open, like normal. Uh, the buzz thing on social today and the last day and a half, and it always it is, it comes and goes, it fades, and sometimes people are screaming, and sometimes people nobody are talking about it. The canceling student loan debt uh, conversation is, is back up, and I'm guessing it's being uh, brought back up from the Biden administration types to gauge where the um, where either the excitement or the outrage comes and goes and likely kind of a last ditch effort to try to buy as many votes as they can with the uh, very disastrous midterms for the Democrats coming up here shortly. That's that's the only thing I can think of, because uh, Joe himself Biden has been very clear that he's not canceling student loan debts. It's still in a forbearance or a deferral right now. I think because of the fake outrage for the the flu, I think you all payments have been halted from almost everybody for the last couple of years, but that's going to end soon enough and people are going to get pissed. And um, I, that's all I can come up with. That's all I can figure out. I don't really carry the way. I, um, 
I get furious when the real problem is not discussed. One of the asshole Republican um, loudmouths on, on social media, Jim Jordan, I think it was, put out something, oh, this is so stupid, and I was like, no. What's stupid is, is that the government is in the business of federally insuring third-party loans for children who don't have collateral or any kind of credit history. That's what's stupid. Let's, let's address the problem and stop addressing the crazy. Get out of securing loan, federally insuring loans for freaking children who don't have any money and can't pay you back. That's the fucking problem. That's the issue. And it's never part of the talking points, ever. Some of the smartest people on the planet never bring this up. They just talk about the, the, the buzzwords of, of, of the regular crap you see all over. It's never discussed. Never, 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 never. And this has started in the 1990s. And it's created one of the next major bubbles to burst and destroy a certain part of our economic uh, engine here in this country. I don't know what it's going to mean in the grand scheme of things when we're in a trillion and a half, two trillion dollars in debts, which half of them are ever going to be paid back and are going to have to be covered by the government. This is this this is the problem. If you want to cancel and cancel them, I don't care. I, I don't. I don't. I, I guess if you said, Brian, you have to decide now cancel all debts or cancel none and you gave me only two options in a tainted poll i'd say don't cancel them if you only gave me the two options i got no problem reforming things maybe having some forgiveness a bunch of other if you gave me 15 things to choose from we could sit around and talk about it but generally speaking when you're on social media it's a or b choose one so if you give me two to choose from don't do it sorry bro i'm sorry you racked up debt you can blame your parents for that that's really at the end of the day what you can do you can blame your parents and your naive stupidity and I feel for you, and it sucks to be in debt. But I've spent my entire life trying to get out of debt, and I've done a pretty damn good job of it. And most people can, too. They just don't want to. But if you do want to cancel it, fine. What the hell? It ain't going to bother me any. Um, did you see this Eastridge gas station story? Uh, it's this gas station right down the street from my house. I don't know what I've done with it. I don't need it because I didn't highlight any of it, but... From the Times Free Press, Eastridge gas station owner on verge of tears, quote-unquote, after undercharging for fuel. This was about a week ago. It was on my vacation week, I think. Anyway, this month, uh, where a dude went and got gas and realized that for, what was it, about 12 gallons, it cost $5.64, so $0.45 cents a gallon. Um, and then, apparently, this had been going on for about five hours, and... Uh, and it's an Indian-owned store, and I'm, to, to, I won't go into it with any amount of, of, of explanation at all because I don't want it to turn into some kind of Brian's a racist guy, but there's a lot of these Indian-owned stores that will do whatever it takes to rip off their vendors and go out of their way to rip off anybody they get the chance. This is, this is a broad generalization, but it's a broad generalization for, for a reason, because it's true. It happens all over town. I deal with guys every day at the day job who have to battle these, these uh, foreign owners of these stores as they try to rip them off, steal from them. It happens all the time. And if, and if, a, if a, one of these foreign owners of one of these stores got ripped off on their gasoline because they're too stupid to figure out how to put the price in, tough bleep, bro. Tough. We were talking about it on the morning show the other day. Oh, would you go in and tell them? I was like, absolutely not. No, I would leave and then I would text my friends to go get gas there. On top of that, 
this store just down this literally an eighth of a mile from my house is the regularly the highest priced gas on this side of East Ridge. The store closest to it is always cheaper, and the store a little bit further down is always cheaper, and then the Walmart just a little ways down is always cheaper. It's the most expensive gas on this side of East Ridge. Screw you, Shell Station, dude. Yeah. Ain't shedding any tears for that guy. Um, This Johnny Depp thing, people are fascinated about. I honestly don't know what the hell's going on. I, I guess he's being sued by his ex-girlfriend for... Is it like a Me Too thing or something? I honestly don't know what it is, and I see it all over my TikTok and all over Twitter and all over, and I just I can't bring myself to even figure out what it is. Um, but if if Johnny Depp is the guy in the right here and he's getting falsely pushed into a corner by one of these you know fake outrage Me Too types, then I say go Johnny Depp uh, all day long. Talked last week about um, early voting. And many times over the years, the conversation a topic for radio shows has been, why would you want to vote early? I remember them doing them here locally, and it's just something that people regurgitate many election cycles. And I always kind of was like, well, why not? And the counter argument to that would be, well, because what if something, a scandal comes out, you know, after you voted? And, the, you know, I roll my eyes at that. Like, what? What scandal is going to come out? That's going to change my mind in the last three weeks. Well, I guess you could say on a national level, the Hollywood, Access Hollywood tape, the Don Trump in 2016, which clearly didn't bother uh, too many people all all that much. Um, but there's this was one that was close. Now, I voted for Weston Womp for mayor, and I, I think it's going to be Matt Hollander that wins. And I really don't think you're going to get that much different of a guy either way. Um, but I voted for Weston, and he put out a billboard over the course of the last several days, last week or so, that says, build schools, not stadiums. And that is clearly in reference to the new Lookouts proposed stadium on the south end that's going to require, or at least that's what people want, maybe require is not the right word, but going to be um, heavily uh, leaned upon a lot of public money. And this is clearly him taking a stance as during the debates the other week, this was asked amongst the the three uh, jabronis running, Sabrina, Matt, and Weston, and all three of them kind of waffled on it. They didn't really have a strong answer. I, I don't think they really care all that much in the end. I think they just want to make sure they get the soundbite right. But clearly since then, Weston, that was a foot down. I mean, if he's going to follow what his message is saying he will not support any county money going to that development and uh that sucks and i just voted for that i want money to go to that development i want there to be a new stadium on the south side of town and i want the government to fund part of it i i am not you know a hater on those kinds of things i think that kind of investment in your communities is good and tax money is going to be spent somewhere and I would like it to be portion of it to be spent there. I don't know if that's a that's a big swing because if say he were to get elected and then he were to be primaried a few years down the road and they do fund a new stadium, well that would be the first thing somebody would go to. This guy's a he's a liar. He's an absolute liar because that stadium's going to get funded somehow. That stadium's going to get built and there's going to be public money. Um, we'll see how that shakes out. But that was one I was like, well, well, there's your example. 
there's your example where maybe voting early was not such a good idea after all. I don't know. We will wait and see. Uh, what else? That covers most everything. Um, yeah, that gets good enough. We'll move along. We'll play some audio, and then we'll get on to this Twitter nonsense and um, cutting the cord and cable TV and streaming services. And uh, let's get rolling here. What do I got here? We will start with, um, I'm just calling it the Florida thing. This is somebody on TikTok just doing a spoof of calling the city, uh, the Republican headquarters of Florida or something like that. You'll get it as soon as you start hearing it. We'll call it today's uh, Florida thing. Thank you for calling the Florida House of Representatives Republican Hotline. If you want to report a teacher whose lesson plans you disagree with, even though you have no teaching experience whatsoever, press 1. If you want to out a gay middle schooler, press 2. If you want to take away a woman's right to manage her organs, press 3. If you want to complain about wearing a mask in a private business, that mailbox is full right now. If you want to buy a t-shirt that says, Don't Fauci My Florida, press 4. If you'd like details on the March book burning in your area, press 5. If you'd like to purchase a ticket to tour the new stolen items display at Mar-a-Lago, press 6. If you'd like to vote two or more times as a Republican in the midterm elections, press 7. For all other inquiries or to report any uncomfortable feelings you may have experienced during Black History Month, please stay on the line <laughs> and a support supremacist will be with you shortly. Uh, Florida, 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 Florida. I am so damn tired of that state. I'm telling you, I am so sick and damn tired of the state of Florida. This is today's realest thing. I don't even remember exactly what it is. I wrote how much screen time we all have. Um, I can't remember exactly what it is. We'll find out. I'll remember and you'll find out together with me right now. The average person checks email 74 times a day and switches tasks on their computer 566 times a day. Researchers at USC have found they're studying teenagers who are on social media while they're talking to their friends or they're doing homework. And two years down the road, they are less creative and imaginative about their own personal futures and about solving societal problems. So the next time you go to check your phone, ask yourself, what am I really looking for? Because if it's to check email, that's fine. Do it and be done. But if it's to distract yourself from doing the hard work that comes with deeper thinking, Take a break, stare out the window, and know that by doing nothing, you are actually being your most productive and creative self. It might feel weird and uncomfortable at first, but boredom truly can lead to brilliance. That's not something I would ever said or thought would be worth saying ever out loud that boredom could lead to brilliance, but she does have a little bit of a point there, or maybe a lot of a point. Uh, I don't check my email 74 times a day. There's no chance that's true for me, but I do check it pretty regularly. It's pretty much just always open. And 566 web tabs or changes of, of websites, or uh, uh, maybe that is, maybe it does add up that quick. I am in front of a computer all day long, and this stuff is making us a bunch of dummies. A little clip from one of the shows I did 100 years ago. Is um, is technology making us mentally ill? Used to be a little bit of a rhetorical question. Now it's not so much. The answer is yes. It's a legitimate question, and the answer is absolutely yes. It is. It is thwarting progress. It is stunting brains. It is stunting um, progression. It is stunting um, growth and, and mental uh, reach. It really is. It's It sucks, and the problem is 
it ain't going anywhere ever. It's only going to get more and more and more. And as we wrap up the open here, um, this is my guy, Trey Crowder. I didn't agree with all of it, but I agree with just enough of it to clip it down to a minute. Um, I'm just calling it, I don't know what you call it thing. This is in regards to uh, Elon Musk, Twitter, Republicans, all this kind of stuff, Democrats, whatever. A lot of people are worried that this means Twitter is going to become a real cesspool soon. I don't know, maybe it's me, but I feel like worrying about Twitter becoming a cesspool is kind of like worrying about Marjorie Taylor Greene becoming an unhinged simpleton. Like, I think we might be there. All right, I don't know about y'all, but from where I'm swimming, these waters seem plenty sassy enough already, okay? And I ain't saying it can't get way worse, but it's just this is social media we're talking about. You'll have that. I think I can handle it, okay? Conservatives love it, though. They've been popping bottles ever since the news came out, out there drinking liberal tears, making sure we're sufficiently owned. They're acting like proud parents, like they did something, all because of the personal acquisition of a man with more wealth than their combined bloodlines will ever conceive of. It's ridiculous. All right, the fact that a handful of rich white assholes who barely pay any taxes can just treat the whole landscape of information like some sort of portfolio pissing contest is bullshit. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of things. That's that's one one word you can use for sure. Speaking of which, I'll dive into that for the second segment of the show coming up next. More of Stone on Air coming up. I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. At StoneOnAir.com. Uh, Elon Musk put in an offer of almost $44 billion to buy Twitter, and apparently, uh, we're hearing, it is now a done deal. Everybody's wondering what this is going to mean, and apparently, a lot of liberals have been almost losing their minds over this idea. What exactly does this mean, and what exactly will he do with this company? Many are wondering whether or not he'll expose the algorithms inside that company, shake up uh, leadership within that company. Will, see, will employees who have threatened to leave if he buys this company, will they actually follow through on that? Well, I think what's so interesting here, it was only a week ago, two weeks ago, that Elon came out with an offer, right? Twitter said, no way, no how, we're not doing this. It's not going to happen. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. And now here we are going forward with a plan. And why? Because over the weekend, Elon was meeting with some of these investors in Twitter saying, hey, look, I, I feel your pain with the share price here, and I'm willing to come in, and we're going to change this company. Now, I got to tell you, it is a high hurdle to do what he wants to do. He is talking about having people uh, own their Twitter feeds. You would pay for the exposure instead of it being free. That's something brand spanking new. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. Well, uh, this is annoying. I couldn't come up with a better song. About the biggest racist there ever is, but David Allen Co. Bunch of people talking about taking their ball and going home, quitting, all this fake outrage and nonsense. But the annoying part is, is I took a break between the uh, segments here for a quick refill and always just take a quick breather and see that the Braves had tied the game up. And then go in extra innings to get bombed in the 10th and lose 6-3. to three. So, try to get my mind back where it needs to be as I've now been watching that garbage for the last 20 or 30 minutes or so. So, now it's very much getting late here on Wednesday. Thank you so much for finding the Stone on Air podcast. That was actually from Fox News on the rejoin there. Um... 
I, I find a lot of this laughable. Uh, very, very, very laughable. If I could... If I could blast your eardrums out with my eye rolling, it would be happening during a segment like this. Um, I don't find this to be very entertaining, uh, even all that interesting. Um, I do think it matters. I do. I do think that it is somewhat of importance, and it will. There will be consequences to this purchase, good, bad, or otherwise. I don't know, and also don't really care. The explosion of reaction and response on social media, most specifically on Twitter, was really, really, really bizarre. And um, I think Trey Crowder on the tail end of that open said it great, like, you know, popping champagne bottles thinking that you actually did something. You know, the own, you're owning the libs like, like you've like won something. Um, I think it's nonsense. Uh, the The idea that free speech is just has been eliminated because of the way Twitter has handled certain accounts on their dumb social media, I find to be, while possibly, I guess, probably true to a certain degree, I don't think it's consequential really at all. This is an app that twenty two percent of Americans. Uh, are involved with on any level whatsoever. And I would say if you took away the people who just have dormant counts, accounts who just look at it occasionally, you would be at a tiny, tiny number of people in this country that give any kind of care whatsoever about freaking Twitter. Now, if this was Facebook, if this was Instagram, if this was uh, even uh, you know to a certain level where TikTok has gotten... If, if there was some kind of bombshell news on that, I would understand it more. Twitter's stupid. Twitter's not a real place. Twitter is is just a big wilderness wasteland of people screaming, you know, in in the or, or, or the Pacific Ocean of of people screaming underwater. Nobody can hear it. Almost nobody can hear it. Um, I, it, it it's wild to me. So uh, a couple of things here, real quick. First of all, social media in general is just all the way around. It's just becoming. Just dreck. Every little bit of it. Not just Facebook. Um, I'm even having trouble with TikTok, the way some of these algorithms are working now and the way that they're all copying each other. They're all, all these social medias are the same damn thing. They're turning into the same place. Instagram is awful. My God, Instagram is terrible now. They have Instagram and Twitter both have felt the need to try to become TikTok, and they're not TikTok. They are themselves, and well, they were themselves, and now they've they've copied so many different features that I just I I, I open it up and I just immediately put it down and turn. I don't even I don't care uh, have a concern of anything that I'm seeing on on these because of the the way these algorithms are working. So let's start. Let's just do a quick history lesson of where social media has where it started and where it's going. And I'll be quick because I'm going to say a lot of things that you already know. But Facebook became king in around 2006, 7, 8, 9 as MySpace started to drift off while all those young people, mainly very young Gen Xers, excuse me, very young millennials and also young Gen Xers spent most of their free time on Friendster and MySpace and then moved to, to, to Facebook. And then once Facebook started to become more mainstream, um, then it started to kind of be the king of social media. And it used to be just a feed. 
And then Twitter was was coming along about that same time, around 2006 or seven. I'll read a little bit more about that here in a minute. And this was just a you know it was just a dumping ground for a feed, and and you know many of us liked it. Well, they called it story bumping, which really was just algorithms trying to, uh, well, in many ways, manipulate and dictate what you saw or what you would see, but based on you know what they think that you want and. It's the story bumping started and people got pretty irritated with that pretty quick. Me being one of them. I didn't like Facebook telling me, here's what I think you want to see. I want to see what I want to see based on the followers and the following that I have or have created or have sought out. Got very annoyed with that very quickly. Twitter continued to just basically be a feed, a nonstop rolling news feed to a certain degree. If you were up interested in local news or, or any news, international, national top of the, the the news world stories you wanted those first twitter was the only place you were going to get that and, I, and with its trending features it still is but then over the course of i don't know the next 10 years or so as instagram becomes what it is it's also just a feed until they're all starting to use algorithms to story bump your best friends the people you communicate with the most you're going to get more we all know that well tiktok came in and changed the freaking game Change the game completely. And it's not really an interactive app. You're not on there to tell your best friend how they how you doing today. And, hey, my, my best friend's birthday is today. Tell her hello. Like, it's none of that kind of stuff. It's just an entertainment outlet. Content creation. And it has the most sophisticated algorithms that I have ever seen. It is mind-blowing how awesome this is. And now... Twitter's doing the same thing. Facebook's doubling down, doing it worse. Instagram's doing it crazy, mad crazy. And it's these algorithms are taking over and just giving you direct that you have no interest in that are not people you follow. They're not subjects you follow. It is really, maybe it's working for a lot of people, but it's really, really just, it's jumbling up was over what was already a, 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 contrived out of control mess to begin with twitter sucks twitter sucks and the idea that i can't go on there and say whatever i want in a free speech manner is laughable i can i can say whatever i want and most people can as well now i know there's a few a handful of outlier stories here and there where certain companies certain people obviously the former asshole president whatever else had gotten banned or uh short period suspensions labeled disinformation, labeled misinformation, you know, and then there's debate as to whether that should be done at all. I, I don't know. I am to a so much barely care at all portion of my life, but the people who are screaming that how awesome this is and free speech lives are way over out of their skis on this, I believe. They're not necessarily wrong. I just think their their enthusiasm is, is going to be proven to be not really all that uh, valid at the end of the day and the and the and the dumb assholes are saying oh, i'm leaving twitter i will never come back here i'm quitting is even more over the moon laughably ridiculous and not real and it's just it's it's bizarre so um i got to thinking who who owns twitter like i, I don't even know well it, it's not it, it's not really owned by anybody just a quick thing here um it, it's all shareholders completely public um, as of April 15th, Vanguard Group is believed to own some 82.4 million shares. Of course, when it sold, it was at $52 and change a share. 
at 82.4 million shares, uh, which was an, an 82.4 shares, 82.4, excuse me, 82.4 million is only 10.3% of the company. Absolutely insane. Uh, other shares remain belong to a, a myriad of uh, financial groups, including Morgan Stanley, BlackRock, uh, original uh, founder, co-founder, Jack Dorsey has 2.25% of the company. Originally, the social media site was to be called Twitter with no vowels, T-W-T-T-R. I didn't know that until I read this. But the founders eventually gave Twitter its vowels and capitalized the T. The company was born in March of 06 and launched a few months later in July with things really taking off from 2007 onward. Uh, most of that I knew, except I didn't know who the big name players were who owned uh, large portions of the uh, the overall shares. And so another thing I had to to, to ask out loud, just uh, rhetorically at first, but then um, I posed the questions to a friend of mine who follows this very closely and is very fascinated with it all. Um, I didn't say that it's not fascinating. It, it probably is. I just don't really care, and I don't think it means all that much. But um, I had two questions. Why would anybody want to own Twitter? Like, why would that be something that any of us would want to do? What would we benefit from that? And that's insert anybody into that question. And then the other question is, I'll just read the, the text I sent. Why would anybody want to own Twitter? And if the offer is $43 billion, why haven't they sold it yesterday? $43 billion could buy you roughly 20 professional sports franchises. 20. The New York Yankees probably are $5 billion. The Braves are $2.5 billion value overall dollars. The Mets are probably 3 to $4 billion. The Dodgers are probably 5 to $6, 7000000000 billion. But when you throw in the Phoenix Suns of the NBA, you throw in the Sacramento Kings, the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. Um, let's think of some others like NFL team, maybe the Seattle Seahawks. Um, you get the idea. You throw in a bunch of these just random teams, eh, roughly around $2 billion each is where their, their net worth is going to end up being. This dude spent the equivalent of one guy buying 20 professional sports franchises. That's insane. That's nutso. Wonkers, bonkers. What in the hell? So the second part of the question, so here's the response that my friend gave me that made sense to me, and I figured I'd read it back to you. It says, Elon, like many others that I follow have been concerned about some of the major problems with the platform. Uh, bots, su suppression of free speech, even with legitimate news stories, acting like a publisher when you are clearly a platform, shadow bans, etc. Short answer for the first question is probably, quote, because he can. And it's an area he can disrupt. Dude is probably the most innovative, disrupting entrepreneur ever, and he just can't resist taking this on. Question number two, the board has finally succumbed to the pressure they took a poison pill, quote-unquote, last-effort approach to avoid the hostile takeover, but they are fiduciaries and must sell at some point of the, excuse me, and must sell at some point if the number is big enough. If not, they can be in a huge legal trouble. Uh, I hope he equally pisses off the Q crew and the Blue Check Brigade equally. Uh that that puts it into a very uh, easy and digestible way to understand 
what is going on with this madness. Um, you know, again, free speech is this is this really that big of an issue? I, I don't I don't think that it is. Concer- considering almost nobody uses this dumb app, but uh, it can't get worse. It cannot get worse. It can only get better for Twitter, as I was a champion for this uh, social media for a long time, a long, long, long time. As you know, as I talk about over the years, I have been on social media, if not equally as long as you, the chances are I've been on it longer because I'm right in that demographic. Either if you're younger than me, I've been on it longer because of your youth, and if you're older than me, I've been on it longer because of your older age than me. Because I, that's just what we did. That's all we ever did. I have sampled virtually every single app that has ever been created that's come close to the mainstream and every single website before there were apps just at least to dabble in it. All of them. I mean, from dating apps, which I've never actually used legitimately, to, I mean, just if you name it out loud, I have downloaded and I have poked around in it just to see what the fuss is all about. I'm not a coder. I don't know how to do any of this stuff. You start talking tech and it blows right over my head. But when it comes from a user standpoint, I'm one of the most experienced when it comes to social media apps and networks. And Twitter used to be great. And it's uh, slowly turned into Drek. And will this make it better? I don't know that it will, but it certainly will not make it worse. Absolutely cannot get worse than it already is. And at the end of the day, I don't care because TikTok is king. And um, and I just I copycats and plagiarism annoys the hell out of me. And it's happening through all social medias. They all want to be TikTok, and it's just plain annoying. So, you know, fight it out on Twitter if that's what you want to do. Get mad on whatever social media about how you're scared that things are going to be I don't even understand it. I just don't get it. Liberals and conservatives that are loud on social media blow my freaking mind. And it has proven, finally proof. Now, they didn't need it. We didn't need the proof. We already had it. But a two-party system in this country to to govern it is, is not just like, oh, yeah, two-party system's broken. It doesn't really work. It's absolutely decimated. It's it's donezo, as they would say. It is pathetic, and it's dangerous. It is dangerously uh, weak. It's da- the fabric is tearing so dangerously thin with this ridiculous pick one or the other way of running this psychotically mentally ill country. This is dangerous, and you should be scared of that. You should be scared of that a lot. You should be scared of the midterms. You should be scared of the 24 race. And you should be scared of the midterms after that. You ain't seen nothing yet. If you think what we've been going through the last five, six years is bananas, you ain't seen nothing yet. This show's just getting started. This isn't like the third season of the uh, political entertainment complex. The main characters are just being developed. The bimbo Burt out in in in, uh, in Denver or in, in Colorado, uh, MTG just down the road here in Rome, in the fake place where she doesn't even live in this in Rome, Georgia. She lives in Atlanta. Um, it, it this is just getting started, and they're all emboldened by the one next 
cuckoo bird before them and 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 adjacent to them. And this, I, I if this is our big problem, because Twitter might have some misinformation or or, or we might ban somebody from it. You got way bigger problems around here. Way bigger problems. Buckle up, bro. You ain't seen nothing yet. We all decided that it was a good idea to get rid of cable, at least collectively many of us thought that. And I'm not so sure cable television was really all that bad of a business model or that bad of a way to have content delivered to your eyes and ears. I'll look into that and some of these streaming services and put a rap, put the wraps on this week's show coming up next. Stone on air. We'll be right back. Oh, darling, what juicy gossip I have for our listeners. Stoneonair.com. For the first time in more than a decade, Netflix lost subscribers, 200,000 of them. The stunning decline sending the media giant stock nosediving 35% today. A major setback for the longtime frontrunner in the streaming race. Forecast that it would lose even more subscribers going into its spring quarter, roughly 2 million subscribers. Netflix says suspending service in Russia, increasing competition, inflation, and easing pandemic restrictions are partly to blame. COVID created a lot of noise and how to read the situation, you know, boosted us a lot in 2020. Now, in an attempt to reverse the trend, changes are on the way, and they could include a crackdown on password sharing. The platform boasts 220 million subscribers, but estimates another 100 million households are watching without paying. Netflix's loss has sent shockwaves across the streaming industry, with other media stocks also falling today. Suddenly the market has begun to reassess what the potential is for streaming. A warning experts say that streaming has limits. Bad religion, 21st century digital boy. I don't know how to read, but I have a lot of toys. Welcome back into the show. So Netflix is way down. And this is where I started last week on the show because I saw some things that just, I don't know, it made me smile in a way. Because um, I got to realize it not that long ago that cable television is actually a pretty effective and uh, good quality product. When we spent, you know, 15, 20, 30 years trashing it, and, and for good reason, because they were run in a very monopolized kind of way. The, you know, the cable guy jokes, the Seinfeld stuff, waiting on the cable guy, be there between three and eight or noon and, you know, next week or whatever. A lot of that stuff was um, uh, very valid criticism. And when they were kind of the only game in town, they really uh, were able to kind of take advantage of the customer base. And after a while, once you started realizing that there isn't, there still is not a better alternative, but there are all these services popping up and the just amazing success story of Netflix, it did give people the uh, option of getting out of the game. But the problem is, is that at least for the foreseeable future, from my opinion, is live TV is always going to be king. Always going to be king. Live sports, live uh, presidential debates, live any kind of debates, uh, live news channels, 
even though a lot of those are falling uh, off the grid as most of us or hopefully most of us are starting to get tired of that dumb TV show. But these 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 are the money makers. This is where the money is made, live television. And this stuff is not available on a streaming services, generally speaking. There are some exceptions to that, and there are things you can pay for through many of these different ones. Um, but it is, the, the market has become so oversaturated, it is finally starting to um, wear out its welcome in a lot of people's uh, budgets. And there's the services like Truebill, and that's just the one I've heard of the most. There's several of them that you can have um, attached to your bank accounts that go through and and flag all your recurring costs, and people are using these kinds of things to realize, what the hell am I doing paying for all this junk, all this nonsense? Um, I am a old school, I just want to see what's on the tube kind of guy. I've always been that way, and I'm always going to be that way. I know that there's generations of millennials and Gen Zers that watch TV, maybe not even at all, uh, totally use apps and watch YouTube every minute of their life. Good for them, fine. None of these are right or wrong situations. They're just the the truth of the matter, the actuality of what is happening here. Again, this is not who is doing it properly and who's not. And I think people are starting to realize, especially with the way that these, these password sharing things are going, that um, having cable t- television and um, you know if bundling it with your phone and other, uh, other options is really a pretty damn good way of doing this as opposed to 15 different subscription services to crap that, at the end of the day, are you really sitting down and watching a whole bunch of TV? I mean, if you are, I've okay, but I don't think many of us really are. Like, I mean, I, I love a good TV show. I'm in, I'm in two right now. going to be finishing up Ozark in a couple of days, luckily, and I'm finishing out um, Better Call Saul. I'm never going to have more than two. I'm rarely even going to have two shows simultaneously going on. Um you know, so having these Hulu pluses and I, I, what am I supposed to do with this? And I think people are realizing what, why do I want every single show that CBS has ever made? Like I'm going to sit around and watch mom over and over or CSI Miami. You know, like when I come home, I, I have direct TV now, direct TV stream. I love it. Um, grab my, my remote and say, uh, find big bang theory. I watch big bang theory every single day. I oftentimes on a Sunday when I'm half hungover and just want to lay on the couch and there's no ball going on, no sports that day, I'll watch whatever the curated USA Law and Order uh, themed SVU marathon is. But you know what I'm not going to do? I'm never going to go to Peacock and then just start randomly, arbitrarily watching Law and Order SVU ever. I'm never going to go to Paramount, which is the CBS owned app, and go watch just random episodes of Big Bang Theory. I'm never going to do that. Same with Peacock. I'm never going to watch Seinfeld from the from the app, but I'll go watch whatever they're airing on the cable channels in a, in a more curated kind of way. I think more people are realizing that's kind of how they watch TV also. It's kind of like, here, here's what we've got for you. Take it or leave it. Uh, the History Channel. So much good stuff to watch on there. So much garbage, too. So much just, you know, just not interesting stupid programming but the uh the how the what is it called the food that made america is this show that i've started watching when it comes on on sunday nights and then they marathon it during the day a lot love it it's cool i mean it's interesting found out the other day dave thomas you know wendy's guy was a big innovator with kfc 
before he broke off to do his own thing in the burger world. <laughs> Who knew? Interesting stuff. Good to know. But I'm sure as hell not going to go the History Channel app or what, whoever's got them under their wing and go watch the food that built America. I'm just never going to do that. So, yeah, I mean, Netflix is awesome. Great programs, but I don't get any news. I don't get any weather. I don't get any Titans games. I don't get any Braves games. I don't get anything that I consume on a daily basis from Netflix. And I, th- I just think that that's becoming more and more evident for a lot of people. Uh, then there's this nonsense CNN Plus. I guess you surely you've heard this by now. And a lot of the own the libs type think this is just the funniest thing ever. And it, it pretty much is. They shut down CNN Plus after one month. I don't know who the hell thought that people were going to pay to get additional CNN when most people are running away trying to not watch that dumb channel anymore. Warner Media launched a standalone news service less than a month ago on March 29th. At this point, it would be over a month ago, but barely. Um, it had garnered fewer than 10,000 daily active viewers about two weeks after its launch. CNBC reported last week the company said customers will see prorated refunds on their subscription fees. Uh, One of the, um, I don't know how high up he was with CNN, put out a tweet, I'm totally paraphrasing, but saying basically this is a groundbreaking service uh, similar to the, the launch of CNN itself. Back in 1980, whatever year exactly, I think it was 1980 actually, um, just looks terribly, terribly foolish. And then the big one here that um, uh, has hit the last couple of weeks is, um, I'll just read this to you verbatim, in its quarterly shareholder letter, Netflix acknowledged it has purposefully allowed generous out-of-home password sharing because it helped get users hooked on the service. But with competition from Disney, Warner, Discovery, Paramount, Apple TV, and other streamers eating into its growth, Netflix said it wants the millions of households sharing passwords to start paying. Quote, our relatively high household penetration, when including the large number of households sharing accounts, combined with competition, is creating revenue growth headwinds. It said in the letter from Netflix, account sharing as a percentage of our paying membership hasn't changed much over the years. But coupled with the first factor means it's harder to grow membership in many markets an issue that has that was obscured by our covid growth. More on that in a minute from just my thoughts. Last one, a little small paragraph. Netflix reported a loss of 200,000 paid subscribers in the first quarter. And in the first time in more than 10 years, it has lost subscribers in in any quarter. And the company is projected it will lose two million more subscribers in the second quarter. And yeah, I think we've learned um, there will not ever be any shutdowns of this economy ever again. There will be a plague someday that might actually will kill us all. And we're not doing that again. We're not doing that again at all. COVID is just, you know, uh, it, it has crippled us in so many ways, so many ways we, we probably should have been able to see or at least project, but many of us didn't. This coming out of this is not good for a lot of people. My company, my day job, with where fuel prices is now. When COVID was hit, everybody was drinking. We were banking, banking, biggest years, huge profits, huge skyrocketing dollars. And what now, when we have to use that as a barometer of success two years later? Nowhere near those numbers, not even close. And the same things happened with Netflix. And all the people are done with your dumb thing. I mean, you're just, you're not, maybe they're not putting out 
quality original entertainment anymore. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, I've never paid for Netflix, or at least I haven't in many, 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 many years. I think I might have got it once for that. What is it? That making a murderer. Remember that ten part series thing? I think I I got Netflix for that once. But I've been you know sharing using um, um, somebody else's login, and I, I hardly ever watch Netflix except for to watch. Um, uh, why am I blanking? Ozark, right? That's Netflix, isn't it? So. You know, what do you do here? I, I, I don't know, but not always does do profits go up. Many times you run your course. Netflix is an amazing American success story. Unbelievable success story. And it's not always just gonna get better. It's not always gonna get bigger. And I think there there possibly needs to be a regrouping and a re uh thinking of how these streaming services you know, going all kind of a la carte, well, you know, careful what you wish for. That's what we all thought we wanted, and then now we have it. And it sounds like we don't really actually want that after all. It's information overload. It's content overload. And there might need to be a reworking on how all these streaming services can be bundled together in what, oh, I don't know, looks like an old-school cable distribution model, which is... After all the times we've talked about how bad it is, maybe in the, in the end, it's not actually all that bad at all. And I'm just here to tell you, I already said it before, I'm just quickly again, I love DirecTV. It is fantastic. I am finally back to a satisfied cable TV-like subscription uh, purchaser, and um, I'd say give it a look. Don't, don't, don't let your past prejudices make you think that cable TV is awful because it's really not. It's really not awful at all. What's awful is paying six to seven, eight, nine dollars times 15 to 20 times on a bunch of crap you really don't have any interest in watching. And if something comes out that you want to watch on some network you don't have, like well, I, I wanted to watch WrestleMania, I got Peacock for a month. It cost six bucks, canceled it the next day, you know. So if you can work that into your habits and, and be disciplined about it, that that's one way you can do it. But yeah, we uh, we all hated cable, wished it would be gone, and when it did, it was like, ugh, damn it! I kind of wish that wasn't the case. Well, luckily it's still there. Comcast is still there. EPB does this massive uh, marketing plan for you to cut cable. I mean, that's their whole approach: cut the cable and just go with our great internet. I'm still waiting any minute now. That ca- that internet. Uh, monthly fee is going to skyrocket. They're just waiting for the perfect time to do it. I am. Um, I've already been shopping to like AT and T, UVerse, and some and some other internet subscribers because EPB ain't as great as they act like it is. It's pretty good. It is. It's pretty good. But it's not the king anymore. They're all great. All these massive distribution um, services are all very very good. And uh, I guess that's all I got. On that. All right. Well, farewell. Fare thee well to the greatest month ever. I still got a couple of days left. It has lived up to the hype. It's lived up to the billing. It has been uh, fabulous. Fabulous, fabulous. Going to take it pretty easy in May and then get ready for the second best month ever. I hope it lives up to its hype in June. As I always say, if I have a good April and I have a good June, then that's just house money after that. Anything good after that means I'm having an excellent year. So if I can get that, I'm good to go. 
And uh, so far, I'm halfway, halfway there. So the, a lot of things suck about this year, but a lot of things have been pretty damn cool also. I'm sure I left a few things out. I know I'm scattered here at the end. It's just been a distracting day, week. Uh, but there you go. That's it. See you later. Have a good one. Bye.